On today's episode, let's talk about sales and getting prepared for 2024 uh, from a sales perspective. Let's make it the best year we can. Stick around, and we're going to get into that discussion here in just a minute. You own a pest control company, and marketing and advertising ain't what it used to be. Just so you know, software and millennials are not the answer. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Our passion is to teach you online and digital marketing without all the techno babble. Oh, it still takes hard work, sales, and a sprinkle of tech, but we'll teach you how to do it in simple terms. Let's do this. Let's get on with the show. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast, and this is your host, Casey Lewis. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. My name is Casey Lewis. As usual, I'm your host, and as we get now, we're 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 well into the um, the fourth quarter of the year. Yeah, I know it's hard to imagine that you know at this point. We are already finishing 2023. It seemed like it was only just yesterday that I was doing a podcast episode talking about getting prepared for 2023. But anyway, here we are. So what I want to talk about today is sales and selling. And I wanted to keep it in this context for you so you can think about this um I I realize that in most instances with pest control owners and managers and even some directors that sales real sales is not necessarily maybe your bag. And so that's really where I want to focus today. And here's what I want to tell you that that I realize. So sales is my bag. It's my background. You know, I oversaw sales um, nationwide for a large company for a very long time. And everything that I did and everything that we were responsible for really revolved around uh, sales revenues. And in your own company, whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, um, everything in your company, and that really is almost any company, is going to revolve around the sales effort the success of that sales effort, and then how are we keeping that and continuing that ongoing? So that's a, that's a lot. So I think where I'm where I'm headed today is this. Here's one thing I realize: this subject, sales, is not something that I can just do in a podcast episode and give you all of the fundamental information you need to understand what I'm talking about, but then to take that and put it into practical use day in and day out in your business is tough. It really is. Um, it requires some training. It requires some practice. It requires buy-in from people that are not necessarily always comfortable with learning and understanding how you apply sales to pest control in this case. But I want, to, I want to talk to you, and in one of our guides, and I'm actually I'm, I'm looking at it, so I'm citing one of the examples, but I know the example very, very well. That's why it's in the guide. I cite an example of some numbers that we came across when we were working with one of our clients, and it was really, really eye-opening to him and to them, and this is this is where I get into talking a lot of times about some. If you don't have your information at hand, you can't really manage the situation, and that is really true for sales. So I'm going to tell you a story about this guy, and he's working for one of our clients, and he's doing sales. He's going out, he's and 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 doing inspections, and giving a sales estimate on site. He's also doing some 
on the phone when that's appropriate. And he's he's doing okay according to the um, the owner and the and the general manager. But as we are getting involved and we're working with them, we're starting to see lead flow, so the number of leads, and we're looking at the sales and we're looking at sales volume, and it's something's not adding up. And so I go to the to the client and I say, you know, is it is it worth it to you that we really take a deep dive on this and look at this and see what's going on? He said, sure. Yeah, let's let's do that. So we, to make a long story short, we find out that in this case, this one particular guy, he's getting about, on average, 240 leads per month, which is a good number. Um, I'm sure there's many of you out there who would, would love to have 240 leads every month. As well, no lead is not a sale; it's an opportunity for a sale. So, in this case, this guy's sales are about twenty-seven per month, and he's selling on average about thirteen thousand and five hundred dollars. And so, from a high-level just glance, the owner and the general manager, I think, were, I guess, satisfied with thirteen thousand dollars, and that's all they're looking at. They're you're seeing what he's selling. I'm sure that's all he's talking about is what he's sold. But it's $13,500. And let's do a little math. Let's put some math to this. Let's really look at this the way I would want you to do if I were your sales manager running your sales efforts in your pest control company. So we take a look and we just do some simple math. So 27 sales divided by 240 leads is just a little bit, tiny bit, over 11% sales conversion rate. Let me say that again. That's a little over 11% sales conversion rate. Now, I, I don't know who, um, well, let me say that. I don't know if you have an objective in sales conversions, if you know what your sales conversions really are, if you're honest about it, or if it's all just a gut instinct, uh, I talk to people on a pretty regular basis who say to me, oh, yeah, you know, I close 70%, 80% of everybody I talk to. And I say, well, then you don't have enough leads. You don't have enough phone calls. You don't have enough inquiries because if you're closing seven, 70 or 80% of everybody you're talking to, you're only talking to people that have been referred to you. You're not getting real leads. Anyway, we want to make sure where we're at, and when we were working with our customers, that we are at or around 50% conversion rate. That's the goal. 35% maybe being minimum, 65 being great. And so that is the goal. And until we start to understand the number of leads we have coming in and then the number of sales from those leads, we won't, we won't know what our conversion rate is, where um, revenues are our sales acquisition costs are, or even our return on our investment until we get these numbers understood. So it's huge in terms of its um, importance to you and growing your business. So let's just look at this. Let's say that same guy with the same numbers, the same everything, we just sat on his head a little bit and said, we need you to sell a little more. We need you to be a little more thoughtful and Stop just taking all the easy stuff that you're getting good commissions on, but really buckle down and work at it. And let's look at this another way. So we do. So he does those. He gets those 240 leads. He still gets those. And but now we say to him, you need to do 30 percent, 30 percent minimum. That, and I mean to me, as I just told you a moment ago, it's 35. But 30, we'll say for this sake of this particular example, that we get this guy to improve his conversion rate up to 30%. So now, instead of that previous number, he's now selling 72 sales per month. And when you look at the difference, so if we were using, and what we were using in this example, is a $500 average sale, which is about right for pest control for most spots in the country. In our first example, it's 13500 In the second example, by just improving sales conversions, it's now $36,000 per month. Now, 36000 times 12 is four thirty-two, four hundred thirty-two thousand. 
The first number, 13,500 by 12, is 162,000. Now, in the again, in the big picture, these guys were looking at that 162 that was generated by this one guy, and they're thinking, well, that, that that's okay. We can live with that. What they were not doing was really looking at the fact that he was doing a piss-poor uh, effort. His results stu- sucked in terms of what a real sales effort would look like. The difference for them, I don't know, what's what's the difference? 432 is about $270,000 difference in sales by one person by not doing anything relevant to uh, going and and increasing our Google ad spend or doing more stuff to get more leads. It was just really by taking note of what the leads were that we had or have and how can we really take advantage of those. So I want to get that in your brain. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about growing your business We're talking about knowing how many leads are we getting, how many of those leads are we selling, and are we doing a good job? And that good job should be based on at or around a 50% conversion rate. It's that simple. And then you'll get into the fuss over leads. Listen, it really... We, we will lots of times put in infrastructure for clients so they can really listen to, evaluate, and track leads. And the first thing that happens is everybody wants to start eliminating all the leads they could convert. So lead is nothing more than an opportunity to sell something. If you don't sell it, that doesn't mean it wasn't a lead. That means that you need to up your ante when it comes to your sales skills and or the people answering your phones. And I really need you to think about that because that is that has been a common dilemma, sales versus marketing, my entire career. I, I mean, I, and I go, that spans all the way back to 1980. And it was always the same thing. Sales says, oh, the, or the leads are no good. And marketing says, it's not the leads, it's your ability to actually sell them. And so that argument, that debate will go on forever in, in a day. And I'm not here to resolve that. What I am here to say is you need to really th- concentrate and think about how can we sell more? Because when we get into it, when you think about it, you have to sell more at least just to stay even because your your, your business isn't going to just automatically grow every year. As a matter of fact, in most cases, it probably will shrink a little bit because you're going to have some attrition. People die People move, people have some financial trouble, so they have to cut off their pest control service. So the first thing you have to do in your sales efforts is cover that and get back to square one. So we're going to get ourselves back to, you know, break even, and then we want to get up uh, above and beyond that. So what I want to do is I'm going to introduce to you a sales process. And I'm going to do it in the in the course of this podcast as information for you to file away in your brain and think about, are you doing these things and how could you maybe institute them as soon as possible into the way you're dealing with customer inquiries? So leads, calls, messages, texts, people um, getting in touch with you, however they do. What is that? Is there a thoughtful process that you've talked about with you, your team, and everybody associated with your company? And this is what we want to communicate when we're talking to people, particularly those that are prospects that are considering um, using us for their pest control services. However, what I do know is I'm going I'm to go through this, and I'm not going to take a lot of time. As I said, this is... Um, This is almost a training curriculum I'm going to go through with you and something you would want to have in printed fashion in front of you and your team and you could work on it and practice it. You could create your own collateral materials, your own checklists that you're using. It's not something that can just be universal. It's universal in its concept, but it's not necessarily universal in its uh, application for every single pest control company because there's going to be different different things for different companies in different geographies in the country 
that need to be adapted. And so what I want to do is, uh, as we go through this, and before I get started, I'll make this, um, this offer. I really want to get a solid group of pest control owners, managers, GMs, whatever, that really want to up their game in 2024 as far as sales effort and sales success goes. Hold on a second. <coughs> Boy, excuse me. I knew that was going to happen right in the middle of that. I beg your pardon. Sneeze. Um, anyway, get a group, a good group together and have a couple of on line seminars, and I will bring information packets, if you will, and we'll do this. I'll do it with you for no cost. Let's just do this. And then only thing I ask is that we are able to kind of follow up with you to see what kind of success you're having. And I'll work together with all of you in this format to teach in detail and adapt in detail for each of your individual companies a plan like this, like we're going to go through here, for you. So you can then take that and you can apply it to your company. And I am here to tell you, I promise you, if you do this, if you stick with it, if you try, if you grind through the initial period where you hate it because it's different and nobody likes it, everybody thinks it's stupid, if you can get through that, kick out the other side and all of a sudden go, holy moly, We've doubled our sales results. We haven't done anything in terms of growing our expense as it's related to advertising costs. We just have done better selling people. That's what I'd love to be able to achieve. So we'll talk about that later. But what I'm going to talk to you about here today is initially, and it was what I have used, I still use, for many, many years in my organizations throughout the nation now it's called the organized selling process, and I use five steps. And, you know, in time, other people, they take the same basic um, plan and they'll put six steps or they'll do this or they'll, do, you know, they all want to try to um, make a claim that this is their plan. It's all the same plan. It's been around, like I said, at least 40 years that I'm aware of. And it works. It's just simple. It's basic. It's steps. And it's about teaching people how when they talk to other people and they would like to introduce and or sell their product or service, how do you go about doing that? How do you get into that with with people that are, are, are inquiring? They're not necessarily yet sold. So you have to you have to walk through some steps and we'll do that. We call that the organized selling process, five-step plan. And those five steps are rather simple. And as I said, we'll go through this somewhat slow, not really in big time depth. And I'd like to invite you uh, to get in touch with me and let's set up before Thanksgiving a meeting with a group of us and let's go through this and customize this plan for your company. So those five steps, number one is what is referred to as the approach or preparation stage or step. The next step is referred to as fact finding or like other people may want to call it, needs assessment. But it's informational gathering. The third step is a presentation. And don't get scared, a presentation for pest control doesn't mean you whip out a binder and you start walking them through. It means nothing more for us in most cases than just telling them who we are and what we do. A recommendation, critical, critical. I can't tell you how often I listen to pest control sales people on the phone. And, that, and again, this can be anybody, it can be the admin person. So I'm not being critical that they know and understand they are selling, but they are. But in this recommendation phase, they'll ask people, well, what did you want? Did you were, you were you wanting the one shot or were you this or were you thinking about a buy? Absolutely, positively wrong. 
we want to make a recommendation. And if we've gone through those other steps, that should be relatively easy to do if we know what we're doing. Last step is close. Close is just that. Set the appointment, get the credit card, get the address, get it confirmed. None of this handing it off and we don't know whatever became of it. We want to close every single lead that we have that comes through. And normally, and if you look at a, a standard sales pipeline, that close is going to be closed one or closed lost. We want to know, did you sell them or did you not? And if you did not, why not? And if you did, why? So we can continue to improve on that. So those are your five steps. That's simple. Approach and preparation. Fact-finding. Presentation. Recommendation. And close. And as I said, on a podcast, I can't train you and teach you every single one of these. We will cover these a little bit here. But again, briefly, and I make that offer, let's get together and let's really do this right. And I'd like to do this with a few companies because I'd like to make um, some materials for our company that I can share with others on what does this sales preparation look like? I mean, what, what are we actually able to do to help you? Before I get into outlining the steps in a little more detail for the organized selling plan, what I'd like to do is I'd also like to, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out there just to let it rattle around in the back of your head a little bit, because this is also very, very important and very much misunderstood. When you get a call or when you're talking to someone or someone is referred to you or someone found you on Google or Facebook or whatever and they have contacted you, they're not all the same individual. They're not all the same type of buying customer. And in fact, there really is 10 different types of buying customers. And of those 10 types of buying customers, you can literally break them down into two groups. And those groups, and again, I'm not going to get too deep, but those two groups are pretty evenly um, dispersed on the internet in terms of half are looking, half of these groups. Group one, excuse me, would represent half. Group two is the other half, more or less. They vary a little bit by location. But what are they? So if you really look at the first group, the first group are those individuals that are looking probably for you and your company. They have been or they have fallen into one of five different types and they are generally just going to be looking on the internet, doing a quick search uh, to find you. And those fall into these categories. Former customers, so they've done business with you in the past. Uh, Maybe they moved and moved back. Maybe they stopped for one year because of financial problem, whatever. So they're a former customer. Advertising influence. Maybe we have a Google ad running. They have some social media ads on Facebook or other places. They were influenced by that, so they're now contacting you directly. They looked at your reviews. They did things. They're influenced. Then you have a repeat customer. So a repeat customer could maybe be, for example, somebody that does your summertime mosquito treatment. Maybe you have six treatments that you do in the summer months or something like that. So they repeat. They come back every year. They're still um, available for upsells to things like recurring, but in any event, they're a repeat customer. This one's an old term, passerby. And in once upon a time when everything was brick and mortar, passerby would be literally that. Someone that maybe drove by your location and saw your truck out front or, or, or something along those lines. But a passerby in today's day and age really is someone who's for the most part, senior trucks, if you have signage out in front of your building, 
but for some they're in some way they've been influenced by who you are. They saw something of yours that led them know, hey, I'm gonna call Acme Pest Control because I see their trucks and I see their building. You know, I've if you've listened to this podcast, I did that one show with uh, Mitch Shipman with Blue Beetle Pest Control out of Kansas City. And in his case, and I think this is just a brilliant idea, he bought some fixer-upper small properties in various locations he wanted to have a Google business profile in, painted them bright blue, put a sign out front that said it was the Blue Beetle Pest Control Training Facility, and he's got these in strategic locations throughout the Kansas City metro area. And I actually have some family that live out there, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's it's created kind of a uh, a little novelty with these blue houses all over the place. Anyway, and then there's solicited. And solicited today can be all kinds of things. It could be door hangers, door knockers. It could be, you know, you have a trifold and maybe when you're at lunch, you stop by a local business and you drop it off and you just introduce yourself. You say, Hi, my name's Casey and I'm your local commercial pest control guy in your area. I have your route. If you're ever interested in getting a free audit, or an assessment, here's a trifold brochure, give me a call, and I'll come right by. So, former customers, advertising influence, repeat customers, passerby, and solicited. That, that group of people is about half of the total bucket of, of potential customers, and those are the ones that are really leaning towards looking for you. Other information we have, and you should be very much aware of this, is that at least in the in the area of 25% of the time, those that are looking for Acme Pest Control in this case can very likely be influenced away by a good and compelling message. So that could be a good review, that could be another Google ad, that can be a social media ad. So don't think that all of these customers are necessarily yours or the other guys. They can still be um, convinced to give you a call, and then some of the things we'll talk about as we get into the sales uh, message, that's going to be where the rubber meets the road when you get that contact, where they sufficiently and thoroughly excited to talk to you enough to now do business with you and maybe even leave the company they're with. Now, let's look at the other half. So the other half are... For the most part, what all of you are marketing for, you know, this is what you're doing your Google ads for, you're, this is what you're doing your blogging, you're sending your emails, you're sending your text messages out, all that stuff, that online stuff that needs to be done to make sure you have a good, solid presence online is more geared towards this half. So these five customers are not necessarily looking for anyone in particular. They're up for grabs. They're why we're advertising. They don't know who they want. They're looking around. And who are they? So let's talk about these five. And we'll start with number one, the dissatisfied customer. Maybe, potentially, one of the very best out there because all they know as they go online is whoever they're dealing with is off the list and everybody else is on the list. So a dissatisfied customer and knowing that when you're talking to a customer that that's the category they fall into, they're dissatisfied, is a wonderful opportunity to introduce them to our company and why we're so much better and we understand because that other guy is just not a very good pest control company. The infrequent is the number two, and then next one. So we have dissatisfied, now we have infrequent. Well, infrequent in pest control can simply mean somebody that really doesn't want to do an annual program. And so every now and again, when they see a spider or they see an ant or they see uh, something that they don't want to see, they're going to call. And once again, they're very likely to be very available to an advertising and or compelling message online to give you a call. This is why reviews, guys. Reviews, reviews, reviews. you got to have hundreds of them. 
Then number three, so we have dissatisfied, we have infrequent. Number three is the competitive shopper. Maybe the worst. And maybe the one that gets you guys all tripped up. The person that just doesn't really pay much attention to who they're calling, what they're calling, or why they're calling. They just know, I think I could probably get this done for 30 bucks a month. And that's all they're looking for. And I would say to you that for the most part, we want to scratch these people off the list. If you're trying to make your living dealing with the competitive shoppers and always being the cheapest in the market, you're hurting the market in general. You don't want to drive the cost of pest control services down in your own market. And number two, you're shortchanging yourself on your ability to do quality work by having all of the best equipment you need, all of the best chemicals you need, all of the insurance, the vehicle, everything you need as well as using and applying the proper um, material. If you're doing that for cheaper than what you need to be doing it for to provide quality pest control service, then you're really just doing a disservice to your market. Okay, that's that's my commercial. But competitive, that's number three. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if, if that's... You know, if that's who you are, then you just need to go to Fast Eddie's Pest Control and they'll do it for 25 bucks and they'll, who knows what they're going to spray on your yard. Next one, number four now, is another one that's right up there with dissatisfied is a great opportunity. We want more of these. And that is the emergency. So the emergency just simply may be uh, I'll use again, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Las Vegas, as many of you know, and I, I've kind of told the story before about my, um, my son's m- mother-in-law and father-in-law moved here to Las Vegas and bought a house nearby, and the first thing that happened, they had a, a big scorpion, and actually scorpions aren't that big, it's probably inch and a half. But she, to her, she was just terrified. So she called, and I think it was 9 o'clock at night, and paid a lot of money to have somebody come out right then and there and do a check and do a spray and get the black light out and all that stuff. So emergency customer, great opportunity, no concern whatsoever over how much cost, how much it is, when can you get out here, can you do it now, are you a good company, et cetera. Great opportunity. Last one on this list is another great opportunity, newcomers. So these are new business, new people, new business owners if you're doing commercial, but they're new to the market and they're in the market looking for pest control and they you couldn't ask for anything any better. And so, you know, this is why you'll see so much of the door knocking and the new neighborhoods and door hangers and whatnot. Everyone knows that when you're brand new, brand new moving into a market, uh, one of the first things you're going to want to do is very likely you're going to want to get pest control service. I know certainly when I moved uh, into Las Vegas and we moved onto a dirt lot, we had no landscaping, no nothing. Before we did anything, my wife wanted this place sprayed and continuously sprayed. So we were spraying dirt for a year till I got the yard. <laughs> so anyway. Newcomers. So let's talk about those again. Dissatisfied, infrequent, competitive, emergency, and newcomer. Now, I just threw those out there. Again, I went over those a little more, and I hope that made sense to you. But what I'm trying to drill into your brain here a little bit is this. You can't treat everybody that calls your office exactly the same or that you meet. You can't treat them exactly the same. You need to know... What's the situation I'm dealing with here? Is it an emergency person? Are they dissatisfied? Do they already know who we are and they've been referred to us? I mean, who am I talking to? Because my responses can be very different to each and every one of them. Okay? So I want just get that sort of in your head. Let that rattle around in there that everybody isn't a cost shopper. Everybody isn't a newcomer. Everybody isn't dissatisfied. Those are all of the various different things that we need to deal with when we're selling pest control service. So let's let's bounce back now. So we had our we've got our organized sales plan. 
which is broken into five steps. And that plan is really designed so that when we're talking to any of those 10 buying customers that we already have practiced and we have a little bit in our brain or in our mind, what are we going to do? What are we going to do as we walk them through these steps? So I'm going to, I'm going to walk back through those steps, add a little bit, and then we'll finish this thing. And then I'm again saying, let's get together and take this to the next level, have an online um, Google Meets where we can meet each other and we can talk about what does this look like in your sales organization and how would we do this? And that can be just you. You have to do this all by yourself. Maybe you have a team of a couple. Maybe you have a team of 10. Maybe you have an entire call center. Whatever it is, this applies to all of it. And I've done it with all of it. I've had call centers that had 150 people. This is what we taught them. And this is what we worked on and practiced and role played every single day. So bouncing back now to those five steps, the approach prep step, fact finding, the presentation, the recommendation, and then the close. Let's go through those and finish up. So approach and preparation, for what all that means, and this is, again, unbelievable in the field how often this is just overlooked, but we need to have a complete knowledge of everyone that works for us and with us, especially those that are answering phones or in the field, that they have a complete knowledge on all of our service offerings. What is everything that we can sell? Bi-monthly, monthly, quarterly, one-shot, you know, bird work, pigeon work, solar pigeons, uh, our solar panels, termites, inspections, treatments, exclusion. Do we do uh, work for scorpions? Do we do one? I'm, we're doing one this month for cave crickets. I didn't even know what they were a month ago. On and on and on. Do we know in our business and do we practice this is what we sell, this is who we sell it to, and this is the way we sell it, and these are the contingencies that we're going to sell it if someone calls and, uh, and we need to do something sort of custom. That has to be available, understood, at hand by everybody all the time, or all you're going to be hearing is people that don't seem to know what they're doing, and then you get the customer or the or the lead or the or the prospect ends with the well I'm going to need to go check in with my wife and and I'll get back to you guys and you know, you've lost that sale every time that's just they're blowing smoke because what they really want don't want to say to you is I you know I don't think you know what you're doing I don't understand what you're telling me you haven't been uh, helpful so I'm going to move on that's why you recorded that stuff. Are they in a position right now, today, at this second, when I call, they can follow it with an email, a text message, and with collateral materials. So if I need to explain to you what our bed bug prep looks like, what our cockroach prep looks like, what this is, what that is, what our echo materials that we use are, is all of that available to me right now so that when we end this call, I can say, hey, Casey, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the business. I'm going to follow up with this and that. You're going to get all of these things. And I hit a button and boom, it's done. Is that ready? Do you or they or we practice all these things and how we can be ready to deal with objections? Because that's what you really want this stuff to be. You want it to be that little thing that takes you over the, over the top when someone's waffling a little bit about doing a business with you. Or if they don't do business and they do truly want to go look around, that we then are Johnny on the spot with an email, text message, and they know who they can call back. Okay? Fact finding. Step number two. So that was step one, approach and preparation. This is step two, fact finding. Fact finding is, again, oftentimes referred to as a needs assessment, and it's... Um, what we will, when we train this, what we really try to teach people is what we're trying to find out is what is the person we're talking to, what are there, and what we refer to as pain points. And a pain point can be, again, I've got a bee's nest under my, you know, under my uh, porch. 
A pain point could be I found a scorpion in the kitchen. A pain point could be I've got a trail of ants. Pain point could be I've got, I think I've got a carpenter uh, ant problem boring holes in my deck. So pain points are really finding out the problems that they're having and why they call. It's got to be done in the form of a conversation, but at the same time in your mind. And I often really recommend that you have a notebook that you keep next to yourself when you're doing these things so you can take notes and remind yourself what you didn't find out. But we really want to find out what are their problems that they're having. And then the next step I'm going to tell you, and this is why we record, because when you listen to this, you won't even believe it, but you want to listen. Listen. Let them talk. Don't override them because you think you know the answer. Just be quiet and let them talk and explain their entire problem. And then on every call, before you really get too far into it, you've got to get on every call their first and their last name, their email address, and their mobile phone number. If you get that, at least that, we can sell a lot of a lot of pest control after the fact. And so often we get on these calls and listen, and then they talk to someone for two or three minutes and then get off, and they never even found out the name of the person they were talking to. So that's a must. You got to get that. And then you need to have a lead sheet, I would, with you with the information you want to gather so that you don't forget before you get off the phone with them, that you never even got their name, that you don't have their phone number. You don't have to get, all of those are very, very important. But that's fact finding. And again, this goes much deeper. I'm just briefly talking about it, but this is about making sure in the early part of the conversation is fact finding is really the first thing you do in the conversation with someone is you find out what's going on and you allow them to talk and you listen. The next step is a presentation. And again, that sounds real fancy and like, oh my God, I'm going to pull a binder out. I'm going to have to have a slideshow. No, no. In the case of pest control, in particular, those uh, that are selling it on the phone, you really just want to have a rehearsed message on why your company is the best choice in pest control. Oftentimes referred to as an elevator pitch. And the reason it's referred to as an elevator pitch is that If you're in the elevator and you're coming down a few floors, you've only got maybe 30, 40 seconds and someone says, hey, what do you guys do? What are you going to say? And we want to have that rehearsed message and that will be our presentation. Again, it can be something as simple as, well, you know, we're a, a local company here that specializes in residential pest control. We're family owned. We've been around for 50 years. We've got a couple of hundred customers here. And we really love to take care of uh, the people in my town, USA. Something that simple. And everybody practices it. Everybody rehearses it. And they say it when they talk to people. Again, it's just being prepared to explain how you provide a better experience with pest control than all the other pest control companies in your market. And if you don't think that we do, and you don't have the confidence in yourself that you are giving that, then you need to rethink that because it's really going to be hard to sell if you don't think you're the best in the market or not at least trying to be. Then moving right along, we get into the recommendation. And the recommendation, let me just say that, and this is why fact-finding is the most important step. If you're able to just shut up and listen a little bit and let the person tell you why they called and what the problem is, what is the recommendation then? It's nothing more than restating what the problem was and telling them what you're going to do to resolve it, period. Not asking them what they want, not giving them options. It's that based on what you said to me, I believe that our quarterly maintenance program is the best program for you. I'm going to recommend that we start that. I can have our our technician out there uh, next Tuesday in the afternoon if that works for you. 
And as a matter of fact, because you called us today and we, you found us through the internet, we're also going to give you a $50 um, discount off that initial fee. Something, I don't know, something like that. You never ask them what they want in the recommendation. You never give them an option. And you never really let them tell you no. And really, when you get into it in the recommendation, the cost of what you're recommending should almost be an afterthought. Because that's what they asked for, right? When you went through the fact-finding, they told you what they wanted. When you got to the recommendation, you told them how they could get it resolved. Period. Again, that's rather simplistic, but... And then last but not least is the all-important close. And for pest control, we don't need to make a big deal out of this. This can really be as simply as, um, I can have a technician at your house on Tuesday between 10 and noon. Does that work for you? And then once again, shut up, wait, listen. And they're going to either say, sure, yeah, that'll work. Or, you know, no, I really need this. Is it possible to do it? Now you're closing. You've assumed the close. We call that the assumptive close. You've walked them through all these steps. And all of this, by the way, folks, is a 90-second phone conversation. And I'll play 100 of them for you. This isn't a big, long drive. This is just a series of short steps you're going through in your mind to make sure you've gone through those things. So in other words, if you're recommending what they should buy, before you even know what their name is, and you've not even asked them why they're calling, you're doing it out of order. And it will force you to slow down a little bit and think about it. Okay, I need to ask their name. I need to ask them why they called. I need to find out in detail what their problems are. I need to briefly tell them what my name is and the company they're calling, why we're so great. And then I need to recommend to them that they buy our pro package on our pest control. That's it. That's it. And now when I'm going to close them, all I'm going to do is ask for um, a schedule, a time, and a payment method. That's it. That's it, folks. Now, that was real simple. And as you can see, and why I said in the beginning of this, this will take a little bit more than just this podcast. And okay, now go do it, folks. Great. You're going to sell a lot. That's I know that's not going to happen. So let's get a a nice webinar together with several of you. And I'd like it to be at least, say, eight or ten and various size companies so that we can have a really good, fun, and um, um, learning-based meeting for pest control sales for different circumstances. Because the biggest thing that's missing here and what you guys would need to really do with your own team is what are referred to as objections and how we deal with those. And that's more advanced sales training. So objections would be, you know, that sounds great and that sounds this, but I, I talked to Paul, Paul's termite down the street, and they said they could do it for $47.95 and you're, you know, $49.95. And how are we going to deal with that? And that's where we get into really customizing the program for your pest control company. Some might say, well, go pound salt, go call Paul. Others might say, well, you know what? We have a, uh, a policy in place that we will match any of uh, our legitimate competitors' prices so long as we can confirm it. I don't, I don't know how or what the answer is there. My point is that you would create those answers and you would train your team how to do that. We wouldn't just leave them out there hanging when they get various objections that come across from customers in the form of questions, how do we deal with that? What do we do? And how do we want them to deal with that? All of these things are things that fall into the realm of a sales process, a sales strategy. The reason I told you the little story in the beginning, because folks, this isn't a question of whether you can afford to do this. This is a question of how can you afford not to be doing this? I mean, I talked to you about a company just a few minutes ago, and that's a real honest-to-goodness story. And in that particular case, just by not getting their guy on, on track, it was costing them, costing them, and lost sales. 
at least 250000 even if it was 200000 So I want you to think about that. When you, you, know, you talk about investing in leads, so we spend lots of money on Google Ads and you know, on Facebook and on HomeAdvisor, and we, and we get a good website put together, and we're sending out emails, and we're doing all of these things. And that's all a great investment, and you should do it. And, again, we we manage many, many pest control companies. We do those things for them. However, when you get to the point of making money, growing an ROI, the back end of that, why are we doing it? What are we getting for it? This is the critical piece to your business, I'm telling you. I can't emphasize it enough. I'm willing to work with a group of you so we can put together a really fun and usable sales training process for sales or for pest control companies. Let's get together and let's do this thing because I'm telling you, if you don't, it's killing you and you just don't know it. So let's go figure out what's going on. Let's get it solved. And I look forward to talking to you on the next one. My name is Casey Lewis. As always, this is to your success. God bless, and I'll talk to you next time. Control Marketing Domination Podcast. If you own a pest control company anywhere in the country, by using our services, we will help you grow and prosper. Casey has 30 years in marketing and advertising under his belt. He managed and oversaw a sales force of 4,000 inside and outside sales reps tasked to work with every pest control owner in the USA. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Rhino Digital Media. Let us take your digital marketing to the next level. See you next time on the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast.